0: As we talked about last week, a spirit of thankfulness does not simply begin or end on the fourth Thursday in November with Thanksgiving. Nor is it meant to be a theme for this month, just only a theme for this month. For the child of God, the one who believes in the finished work of Christ on the cross at Calvary, it is to be a daily practice, right? We should be daily practicing and having a spirit of thankfulness amen and so this morning's message is entitled thanksgiving pop quiz now for those of you who might be a student like me who did not like pop quizzes or did not like tests have no fear this is an open book test and i will step you through the answers as well but i want you to see some truths from god's word today and I want to start by asking you this question. How many of you remember writing letters? Raise your hand a little bit higher. Okay. All right. Y'all remember writing letters, right? You know, I have seen times at funerals where people have letters that were written by loved ones. Right? And they kind of look back on that in that season and, and they're thankful for that. I've also had the joy and the privilege, especially as we talk about Veterans Day, that I've covered veterans of wars when I used to work at the newspaper as a photographer. And I would cover these men and and these women that they had these letters that were written from afar, right? And that's they didn't have Instagram, they didn't have texting, they didn't have cell phone service, but they wrote letters to one another. And those letters were cherished. And then I've also seen letters written by young loves, young lovers, right? As we moved recently, I found a few letters that Kendall had written me and vice versa. And I even found one written by another girl. And Kendall's like, why are you hanging on to that? I, I don't know. I don't know why I'm hanging on to that. <coughs> I think more so just to be, you know, the as Garth Brooks says, thank God for unanswered prayer or you know, unanswered prayers. So maybe that's the reason I hang on to that one. I don't know. But letters are important, right? Letters are written for a reason. And so today we are going to look at a letter that Paul wrote the Thessalonians. And so if you will take your copy of God's Word and find Philippians, Colossians, and then you'll find sandwiched between 1st and 2nd Timothy, you'll find the books of 1st and 2nd Thessalonians. 1st and 2nd Thessalonians. We're going to be in 2nd Thessalonians Chapter 1, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. If need be, turn to the front of your Bible, look at the index, right? Don't be afraid to turn to the index in church. Turn to the index, find out where 2 Thessalonians is, and turn to that page number. It's there for a reason. It's there to help you. So as you're turning there, I want to give you very quickly just a little bit of background so we can understand what's happening in the life there of um, Paul and the Thessalonians. Paul and his ministry team started the church at Thessalonica, okay? And so Paul left because of persecution. So he write, after he leaves, he writes to them what's known as 1 Thessalonians to comfort and to encourage them. Then they quit their jobs to wait for the second coming of. Of Jesus, And so Paul quickly writes, almost a year later, he writes his second letter, 2 Thessalonians, to correct false teaching about the second coming of Christ. And so one of the things we do is we study various books of the Bible, uh, we have to read up on the background, right? We have to understand what's going on in the context of that day. And so if you will, bear with me just a moment. I want to read a little bit about 2 Thessalonians from my study Bible. But I thought he said, well I'm sure he meant, it is clear to me that we should, I disagree, I think we must. Here's the deal, effective communication is difficult. Often the message sent is not the message received in the home, in the marketplace, the neighborhood, or even in the church. Even when clearly stated or written, words can be misinterpreted and misunderstood, especially when filtered through prejudices and preconceptions. Paul faced this with the Thessalonians. He had written them earlier to help them grow in the faith, comforting them, and encouraging them by affirming the reality of Christ's return. Just a few months later, however, word came from Thessalonica that some had misunderstood Paul's teaching in the second coming. He announced that Christ would come at any moment. His announcement that Christ would come at any moment had caused some to stop working and just wait. Rationalizing that their idleness by pointing to Paul's teaching. Adding fuel to the fire was the continued persecution of the church. Many felt that indeed this must be the day of the Lord. Responding quickly, Paul sent a second letter to this young church. In it, he gave further instructions concerning the second coming in the day of the Lord. Second Thessalonians, therefore, continues the subject of First Thessalonians and is a call to continued courage and consistent. So do you get a picture of what's happening here? This is a young church. Paul is instructing them. He's encouraging them. And so they take what he says, even though it was written clearly by the Holy Spirit. He penned it. he's, He's writing from what the Holy Spirit is telling him to write. And he sends this letter. And even though it's there and he thinks it's clear as can be, there's some confusion. And so he's writing this second letter. And so as we, as we set the stage today, and as we talk about letters, we just need to remember and we need to see what Paul's saying. That This is not just some random book in the Bible, but this is the Apostle Paul who was radically saved on the road to Damascus, who's writing to this young church to say, this is how it's supposed to be. And so, if you will, I'm going to actually back up and read two more verses. I'm going to read the beginning from 1 through verse 4 today. This falls under the greeting. It says, Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians in God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Just like if you were to start a letter today, you're going to say, dear so-and-so. Right that's Paul is this is the typical introduction of how he introduces himself but then listen in verse 3 and 4 he gives a thanksgiving he gives a thanksgiving as he's opening this letter to them and listen to what he says in verse 3 and 4 he says we ought always to give thanks to God for you brothers as it is right because your faith is growing abundantly and the love of every one of you for one another is increasing therefore we ourselves boast about you in the churches of God for your steadfastness in faith in all of your persecutions and in the afflictions that you are enduring. So Paul as he's opening his letter he's saying we ought to always what? Give thanks. To God, for you, brothers, as is right. Why? Because your faith is growing abundantly. And the love of everyone for one another is increasing. Therefore, ourselves, we ourselves, boast about you in the churches of God for your steadfastness and the faith, in all your persecutions, and in the afflictions that you are enduring. So I ask you this morning as we, as we center on this text, are you praying for others? Right, Paul had a spirit and a heart of prayer. Are you praying for your fellow church members? Are you praying? For your church leaders, are you praying for this church? There is someone in this church who has told me, they said, you know, my, I want to see this church filled again. Right? For the glory of God. And, And my conversation with them was, well, we've got to keep praying and keep inviting it's not going to happen in our own strength. And we don't want to just simply fill a church for the fact to say we filled a church. But we want the church to be filled again so that people know that Jesus loves them and that there are next steps that they need to take in their walk with Christ. That there is hope, right? And there is, there is an eternal life that is free, a gift to them from God. They need to know that. And we need to make that known. your faith growing abundantly? But listen, then he says, and the love of every one of you for one another is increasing. Let's stop right here. How can you truly love someone that you don't know? How can you truly love someone that you don't know? That's a little difficult, right? To truly love them. But you have to get time. You have to spend time getting to know them. I don't know how many we have here this morning. I know about how many we typically have. Right? We are a smaller church. A, a faithful, a few that come, and we want to learn, and we want to grow, and we want to sing, and we want to glorify God. But let me tell you what. Even in the small group that we have, there have been times that after I had been here for a few months, somebody came up and said, "Well, who was that young lady?" Who was who well that young lady over there well that's my daughter oh i'm like really there's only so few of us i mean you might not remember her name lord knows you probably can't spell her kendall's name because they're very unusual spellings but how do you how do you love somebody unless you get to know them i don't say you have to know them immensely you don't have to know everything about them but you mean to tell me after months and months of somebody coming to this church you don't even know that's my daughter that speaks of the heart right That you're only coming for you you're not coming to get to know those around you and to encourage and to love people y'all i can't tell you how much it excites me every sunday morning when i step right here and i'm looking at my clock waiting to start and we do want to start on time right? We want to be good stewards of the time God has given us. And we want to start on time, but I'm so encouraged by the chatter and the laughter and the conversation that you guys are having. And old Betsy over here, she's she's pounding away, trying to like, you know, hey, get ready to start, dum, 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 you know, getting your attention. And people are like, they keep talking. So we're just like, okay, keep playing, you know, keep playing other play even harder. You know, dun dun. You know, okay, it's time to start now. But no, I we do I, I like I have to humble myself and say, okay, God, yeah, we might be a minute late, but it's okay. It's okay. Why? Because you're connecting with one another. You're encouraging one another. You're loving one another. That's what God's house is supposed to be about, right? It is not supposed to be about a place where people come. And if you were to be where I am sometimes, it looks like some of y'all suck on lemons. I mean, seriously, you should. there should be some joy. Amen? I'm getting off my notes. I'm sorry. All right. So how do you truly love someone if you don't know them? And listen... Danny and I, Danny and Bobby are one of the first ones to come every Sunday morning. And so we were talking with him this morning. And listen, how do you get to know someone? Well, you got to invite people, right? That's what we were talking about, inviting people, inviting people to the dinner, inviting people to church. You invite them to your Sunday school class. You invite them to a special event. We've got a special event coming up in December, a singing event right before Christmas, right? There's an opportunity to say, hey, come with me. Come enjoy some fellowship and some music right before we get ready for Christmas. But can I caution you and and can I encourage you this? If they tell you no, don't take it personal. Don't take it personal. You don't know. It's not all about you. They might have something else going on in their life. That might be another family function that they have going on. There might be another commitment. And so what do we do? We ask one time and then we just stop, right? But let's, let there be some persistence. let them keep inviting. So just because you hear no, as I heard said one time in sales, every no you hear, you're that much closer to a yes, right? It might not be that person. Maybe it is with that person, or maybe it's with other people. But keep inviting. You might hear no, and that you might hear broken, you know, untruth promises. Oh, we're going to be there, and then they don't show up. It's okay. Extend grace, show grace, but keep inviting. Keep inviting. Tell them maybe next time, right? Keep building a relationship. And here's the here is the key takeaway: keep sharing that you care, right? Keep trying. Some people, their hearts are hard. Some people put up fences because they have been in walls because they've been hurt by the church. They've not been hurt by Bible fellowship necessarily, but they've been hurt by people in Bible fellowship. Because of of the shenanigans and attitudes and things that happen, right? People were hurt, and so they walk away. And so they're like, I don't want to go there. I don't want to be involved in another church because I was hurt the last time. Well, you have to just admit the truth and say, well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll pray for you about that. But will you come? Will you come? So here's where we get to kind of our Thanksgiving pop quiz. So if you'll take your sheet. Let's step through this. So as I was studying this morning, not this morning. No, Lord knows I would never study and then preach immediately. So as I was studying this week, as I was studying this week, I was like, okay, God, I really thought we were going to be in 1 Thessalonians, and I opened up one of my Bibles that I truly enjoy. It's a special Bible, and I found it while we were unpacking, and as I went to turn to 1 Thessalonians, I noticed something in 2 Thessalonians, and I had written two things. It's a, um, it's a journaling Bible, so it has a column on the sides that you can write notes, and I noticed two statements or two questions that I had wrote in the margin. So guess what? Those two are your first questions this morning. So this is a quiz. It's an open book test. You might can figure it out, but I'm going to step us through. We're going to talk through these answers. But then I want you to take a self-assessment, right? We're not going to pass your papers around. And Lord knows we're not going to say, well, you know, I want you to assess Terry. Is this happening in her life? Sorry, Terry, I always pick on you. You're the closest one to me, right? Yeah, that's what you get for sitting in the front. Next week you'll be in the back again, darn. I, sh- I, sh- I shouldn't pick on her. We do need people to move forward some, so that's good. Good job, Terry. Um, all right, so the first one, the first question we've got to ask ourselves after reading this text this morning, Is your faith growing? Is your faith growing? Secondly, is your love for others increasing? Those were the two statements or questions that I had written in the margin of my Bible. And I said, Lord, this is where we need to be today. And as I begin to study, I began to write down more questions to ask myself, which in turn I'm asking you, because that's what we're supposed to do. We don't just run to God's Word, but we have to just take time and, and to ponder it. Right To read it, to pray it through, to ask questions of ourselves, to ask questions of, of those around us. So is your faith growing? Is your love for others increasing? And then this third one, I, I struggle with the word, uh, the way I was going to phrase this, but this came off of a conversation and Miss Mary could uh, answer this this morning because we talked about this. But are you a professing Christian? Or are you... Or are you a possessing follower of Christ? Now, I did not ask if you are possessed. We, we might be able to tell that if you are, I would hope. But but listen, hear he, the gist of what I'm saying this morning. There are many people that will wave the banner of Christ. They will say, I'm a Christian. They're filling out a form, right? Or filling out a poll. Oh, I'm a Christian. Really? Really? Like, what makes you a Christian? If you were to ask them that. Oh, well, I go to church every Sunday. Praise God. That's not what His Word says makes you a Christian. Right? So there's a difference between a professing Christian and someone who possesses the Holy Spirit. Who is a possessing believer. Amen? Far too often there are too many that are professing, that are waving the banner of Christ... And that's okay. That's okay. We're to call those out inside of the church. The word tells us that. But those outside, that's okay. They waive that because guess what? At the end of the times, the Lord said, they'll say, Lord, Lord. And what's he going to say? Depart from me, for I never knew you. Number four, are you enduring or eluding the trials of life? Are you enduring or eluding the trials of life? The trials of life. Some of us, the trials that we will go through, those loved ones in your family that you've seen, you cannot even begin to understand or grasp how they've gone through all they've gone through. Right? But we must... Be about having a spirit of thankfulness, right? A daily spirit of being thankful and a daily desire In a heart that is seeking after God. That is the only way we will endure some of the trials in life. As I was praying this morning, You know, it's, God, walk with us through the valleys. That was my prayer for y'all this morning. God, help them to walk through the valleys. Because we're not meant for the mountaintop. Most often, you will never learn something from the mountaintop. But you will learn from the valleys of which God has brought you through. In the valley that he might have you in right now is to draw you closer to him, but also to prepare you for someone else who he's going to put in your life at some time who's going through that. And so you can lean in and say, I understand. It's okay. Keep taking a next step, keep praying. Keep looking up. Right? Keep trusting. Keep having hope. Ah, uh, And number five. You know, it's always hard. You come up with questions, you come up with a list, and it's like, should you have five? Should you have six? Should you have a dozen? Well, no, a dozen's too many. So should you have five or six? Uh, so today we settle on five. Are you talking... Smack? Are you talking smack or offering praises about church? And other churches? Are you talking smack? Or are you offering praises about church and other churches? And I will tell you in a moment of transparency, this is one that I struggle with. Right? And so I tell you in a moment of transparency in a body of believers that I'm investing in and trying to love and encourage, I'll give you a real example recently. Now, this is not something when I talk about, are you talking smack? I didn't go on Facebook and blast this particular group that I'm going to talk about. I'm not going to name the particular group that I'm talking about. But this is what I'm talking about. There's a church here recently that had a fall festival. And during their fall festival, they charged for everything at their fall festival. And my immediate response was, really? Really? I mean, people donated cakes to a cakewalk and you charged to take part in the cakewalk. And when I look at that and I think about what I've learned and I've experienced of being a part of outreaches in other ministries and, and outreaches that I've read about and, and things that I've learned and things that I've heard, if it's an outreach event, I'm sorry, but you shouldn't have to pay for a hot dog and a bag of chips. You shouldn't have to pay to be a part of a cake wall where everybody donated the cakes. But here's what I'm talking about. I didn't go on Facebook and blast them. I didn't go on Facebook and talk smack about them. And that's what we have to do, guys. And in church, you know, people come and say, well, I didn't like what she wore today. I wish she'd dress a little bit better. I don't like the way he sings. You know, I don't like that song we sang today. Well, guess what? It's not about you. Come next week. Maybe we'll sing one that we did that you did like. You don't have to connect with every single thing, but find time in that moment. Maybe you don't connect with that particular song. Maybe you read the words. Maybe you read from your Bible. But don't discount what other people are going to connect with. Well, I don't like what they're doing. I don't like this. Or I don't think we should do it. We ain't done it. We tried that before. It didn't work. We shouldn't do it again. Okay. Why do we want to do that? I don't know. You know, I mean you got to have, you got to stop talking smack and you got to offer praises. You got to look at it from a different perspective. That's what God calls us to do. And you have to look at it and you have to say, okay, God, I might not connect with that song, but praise God that somebody did and that you could hear them sing. You could hear them connected. They had an opportunity to worship. Hey, praise God that when we did the Um, barbecue dinner last night there were people that were invited in that you know one of them was like i need to go to the car and get my jacket because i don't look presentable enough man come on stay however you are you're good you know but but what that was an opportunity for that person to connect guess what when they came to our barbecue dinner we didn't stand at the door and say hey will you give us six dollars no everybody pitched in right Danny and Bobby woke up early and they labored during the day to cook the hog. And then all of y'all cooked all the great fixings that you did. And we came and we had a meal together to invite people. Praise God for what he's doing, right? Praise God for the great things. Instead of looking at the negative, say, okay, God, let me look at it this way. Or, or maybe if you can't find the, the praiseworthy in it, then pray. God, help me to find the praiseworthy element to this. Small groups, when we launched small groups this year. Yes, some people said, and I've heard feedback, and I'm appreciative of the feedback, right? But guess what? They did it biblically. They came to me. They didn't stand up in the meeting or in church on Sunday morning and say, well, I don't like what you're doing there, brother. Okay, I'm not unbiblical. You know, they didn't do that, but they came to me and they said, look, you're coming on way too strong, or you came on a little too strong. And so I was able to just speak back and say, look, God gave me certain things that I felt like, that we needed to execute and the timing the the time of year that it was it was there right that was the purpose of small groups it wasn't to railroad an idea that chris had it was that i know from the teaching and the examples and ministers that have invested into my life that when school starts back so does a daily routine right, for families. And when there's a routine, then guess what? The church needs to be a part of that routine. And so praise God that we've had people that have come now on Wednesday nights that have plugged into those small groups, right? We've had people, I mean, there's so many things that are praiseworthy, but are you talking smack or are you offering praises? And can I just encourage you one last thing? You will never hear me stand in this pulpit and ask For a word of criticism. Right? That is not a spiritual gift. Don't come with a critical mind. But come with a worshipping heart. Right? Pray that people will take next steps. Pray that people will step closer to God. I mean there's one person. There's been a story recently that I heard. That there's someone that basically told me. I floundered around for 40 years. Until this happened, right? That they connected with other people. But what if we weren't obedient to what God called us to do? Would that person have ever connected? Right? Circles are better than rows. Circles are better than rows. All right. I'm going to skip part of this. and know some of y'all are thankful for that. I don't do that much, but I will. Listen, it's been said that a faith that cannot be tested cannot be trusted. A faith that cannot be tested cannot be trusted. Listen, believers must expect their faith to be tried. Because this is the way God proves whether or not their decision is genuine. Faith, like a muscle, must be exercised to grow stronger. Tribulation and persecution are God's ways to strengthen our faith. Faith. Suffering can make us selfish. But when suffering is mixed with grace and faith, it produces love. Real quick story. During World War II, when the enemy armies invaded North Africa, there were missionaries there that were helping In the African communities. And they had to flee. And there was great concern over the churches left behind. But when the war ended and the missionaries returned, they discovered strong, thriving churches. The sufferings of war purified the church and helped strengthen the faith of the true believers. Y'all... What an encouragement this was to the churches of the free world. If I can take a minute really quickly and tell you this. There is not a week that goes by. And sometimes it's multiple times in a week. But there is not a week that goes by that I do not wind up in a conversation with someone talking about this church. I can be in their most remote places. And here's one that I was recently. I was in endoscopy. They're in the hospital, and they wanted me to take a picture of um this veteran who had brought back a flag that was flown over Afghanistan. She works with them in that team. And so she brought and was presenting them with a the flag. But before we took the picture. People were like, oh, yeah, we used to go to that church. Oh, yeah, I used to know all about that church. They were booming. They had it going on. But, you know, whatever. Just go on. But it's interesting to me that no matter each and every week, wherever I'm at, so listen, listen, as Paul wrote about the church at Thessalonica, what are people saying about Bible fellowship? Right? There have been trials, there have been persecutions of ministers and other members. There are warts, but the few that remained, your faith grew stronger. And as I've told you before, I don't think God's done with Bible fellowship. He's not. As long as we continue to magnify and glorify the name of Jesus and give people the opportunity to take next steps, give them opportunities to plug in, teach and preach the Word of God on Sunday morning and in small groups, to God be the glory. Because I think that people want... To be a part of something that Paul is saying about this church in Thessalonica. And people in Sumter want to be a part of a church that could be said, this could be true of as well. We ought to give thanks to you, to God, for you, brothers, as is right, because your faith is growing abundantly. And the love of every one of you for one another is increasing. Therefore, we ourselves boast in you in the churches of God for your steadfastness and faith in all your persecutions and afflictions that you are enduring really quickly as we talk about faith all right that's a that's why we're here is because of faith hebrews 11:1 now faith is the assurance of things hoped for the conviction of things not seen. Verse 6. And without faith, it is impossible to please Him for whomever would draw near to God must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who seek Him. Second Corinthians 5.7 For we walk by faith, not by sight. Romans 15.13 May the God of hope Fill you with all joy and peace in believing. So that the power of the Holy Spirit. By the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. James 1.6 But let him ask in faith without doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. But you got to look back up at verse 3. You know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness and lastly first peter 1 6 through 9 in the new living translation listen to what it says so be truly glad there is wonderful joy ahead even though you must endure many trials for a little while these trials will show that your faith is genuine it is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. You love Him even though you've never seen Him. Though you do not see Him now, you trust Him and you rejoice with a glorious inexpressible joy verse 9 the reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your souls let's pray Father God we come to you this morning and we thank you for the trials of life because they test our faith in you Father, help us to cling to the cross. Help us to look to Jesus in the valleys. Help us to listen for that still, small voice. And Father, I pray this morning that as we discuss the Thanksgiving pop quiz, Lord, that we would truly ask ourselves, is my faith growing? And is my love for others growing? increasing. Father, many of us in here know you. We seek you with our heart and mind. But Father, we pray for that one who is wayward. Father, may you speak truth to them this day that you love them and that you sent your son Jesus to die for them. And they will believe that in their hearts and in their minds. If they will confess that with their mouth. That you will save them. Father, today is the day of salvation. Father, may they have the courage to step towards you. Father, for those of us who know you. And we know that we know you. Help our faith to grow. Help our love for others to grow. That we may reflect you each and every day. Each and every place that you send us. Not just in church house, but in our house, in our workplace, on the sidelines of our kids playing ball, Dancing, Father, have your way in our hearts. Help us to trust you. Help us to seek you. And help us to not talk smack, talk junk about this church and other churches, but God be fully focused on you offering praise for the work that you're doing in and through those churches and those people that you may be glorified that you may draw all men, women, and boys and girls to yourself because you love them. Father, we pray as we depart this place today that you would give us the strength and the courage to have conversations with people around us, to invite them into our fellowship, but more importantly, to point them to you. Father, may we be about making much of Jesus each and every day. Lord, guide us, direct us. May you receive all the glory and the honor for what you do in our hearts and lives. We thank you and we love you. Amen.